All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Marvelites, welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 319. Yes, 319. I've been waiting for this one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the true gold standard. I'm Ryan Padagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, joined by... Tucker Marcus. Yeah. And uh, we've got a ghost sitting behind me, yep. watching, <laughs> observing. Yep. Our, uh, as we hinted at in the last... Good, 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 ghost. <laughs> As we hinted at in previous episodes, we have someone <laughs> who is joining the team who actually does audio. Oh my who God! No, yeah, it's crazy, right? Hey, we've gotten this far, 319 episodes <laughs> with no working knowledge of audio. Just, it's like 600 and just, something. Whatever. Just imagine the heights we can scale to yeah. with actual talent yes. behind it. Not not in front of the mic, but yeah. behind the mic. Sure. Is that how we say it? <sighs> yeah. Brandon's motioning to me. He's, yeah, it's okay to say okay. his name. Okay, sure. Right, we we've already we've already burst that one. That's fine. Right, um, so it's good. Uh, more innovations and things to come on the show as we you know work with Brandon and figure out where we're going with this. There's some stuff happening with the show. We'll get to it in time. Um, this is going to go out Friday, Friday, Friday. Mm-hmm. By then, uh, I think I'll be interviewing Mr. Taika Huatiti. No yes, way. Are. Yeah. Oh. You want to write me some questions? I absolutely do. Great. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but I also, I can't ask for any questions here, right. but uh, I'm going to put a tweet out and see if we can get some fan questions from you guys. Very we'll cool. We'll be using the interview on This Week in Marvel. Now, where are you going to interview him? What's the What's the context? Uh, what? Huh? Where are you? Where, where are you? Is he coming to your house? Like, are you, oh, we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna go, we're joint? gonna go boogie boarding. Oh, you're gonna go boogie boarding. Yeah, oh, cool. As as one does when they do a good interview. Yeah. Uh, no, it's we're gonna be talking to him about Thor, so we probably won't use it for quite a while. Okay. Um, it'll be for Ragnarok later down the line, but mm-hmm. yeah. it's exciting. I love his movies, as we've talked about many times oh, on yeah. the show. Uh, he is terrific. So that I'm looking what is, forward what to. What is his is his oeuvre outside of Thor Ragnarok? Uh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do in the shadows, yes, and uh, hunt for the, hunt wilder, for the people. wilder people. Yeah. Wow! Uh, right. Plus, you know, some TV stuff, good stuff, and, and other things. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, um, uh, I will be at PSX. Yes. Uh, so if you guys are listening to this on Friday, find me Saturday or Sunday at PSX in Anaheim, and we will have news coming out of PSX. Will so, we? Yes. Yeah, so stay tuned. I'm not going to say what. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that'll be fun. Uh, I think I'm then going to Shield oh, when cool. I'm on this trip. So Maggie. <laughs> She's yeah. excited. Uh, if you guys have any questions for me to ask, particularly Clark Gregg mm. or, or anyone else, yeah, uh, tweet them. Use hashtag This Week in Marvel or at me, Agent M, and I'll uh, pull them in, see if we can find some good ones. I did use a couple from Penelope Cat in the interview with uh, the Runaway Showrunners. Oh, nice. So you guys will hear that soon. Yep, very soon. Um, that is all good. Maggie, tweet, ra- tweet Ryan. Yeah. Tweet me. Yeah. <laughs> tweet me. <laughs> Do that the rest of the week. Uh <laughs> Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came back. It did. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. What a, like, the, the, we watched the first episode on Hulu on Saturday. Okay. Because we were out on Friday night, my wife and I. We watched the first episode on Saturday, and my wife goes, oh, 
we have to wait another week. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute. The TV says we have another one. I was like, that's right, because it's two hours. Two hours. Oh, yeah. It was very exciting. Uh, yeah. They're in space. Yep. They uh, have some really crazy stuff. The Kree, um, Earth, spoiler alert, done got destroyed. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Uh, some really cool mysteries. Like, there's some business. It's cool because they like, it was actually, there's a lot of things I wanted to talk about with this, but they're using some of the framework mm-hmm. stuff from the previous season in, in this. Maggie's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, they're using some of the framework in, in a storytelling way, uh, which I thought was funny, but they're also so funny. Those first two episodes of the mm. season were hilarious. Mac shines yeah. so much. It it's was a funny, really dude. Good. He is great. Now, what do we think of the Cree so far? How they're being portrayed? You know, we waited a long time for it. I love it because they're like the aristocratic, stuck-up mm. Cree. Okay. Cool. Uh, Cassius is the character who sort of like runs the this, entry point, the station. Yes. And he is like. He likes his humans perfect, and mm-hmm. he likes them to do his bidding. Yeah, it's really creepy yeah. and cool, and I like it. And he has this enforcer lady, uh, and she has these two metal balls that, like, in a little way, remind me of Phantasm, and like, but not sure. none of the three Talking of you, you are like blanking is. on that. No, I know what Phantasm is. Okay, I have never seen it. Uh, oh, the but, oh, the movie is like a glowing orb, kind of. Uh, uh, but anyway, she she has these two small. Silver balls, and she rolls mm-hmm. them around, and then she uses them, and it Silver got Silver balls. <laughs> it got really gory and okay. violent, which I was not expecting. Oh yeah, but which, it was intense. Which obscure Cree character would you like to see show up on Marvel's Agents of Shield? I, Reminding you that Ultimus is already a major <laughs> character in Marvel Strike Force, so you can't have him. Oh, I can't have Ultimus. You cannot have the Demon Druid Ultimus. Um. We had what's her name in the Telltale game? Oh, Hala. Hala. Yeah. Hala. Um, I don't know. I don't honestly like. If look, if they said, "Hey, we're gonna put Novar," yeah, in in the show, oh. but I feel like Marvel Boy needs his own yeah. thing, right? Like yeah. he's so sexy and he's so fun so and sexy. cool, and he's got cockroach DNA. It's like yeah. I want a whole thing with Marvel Boy. I want to see Captain Atlas and Doctor Minerva. I, they what? they are two villains. They're a team. Uh, Doctor Minerva is a female. She dresses <laughs> like Cap, like Miss Marvel used to back in her original costume. And then Doctor Atlas dresses like the original Captain Marvel. Wow, they're villains. They're great. Let's see them. Listen to me, Agents of Shield, <laughs> and do tell, as I say. I'll tell Jed and Mo. Yeah, please. Yeah, let are. them know. They have just have them give me a ring on the cell. Great. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get into all the comics in a little bit, but. There's so much parental stuff this yeah. week. And I was thinking of you a couple times when okay. I was reading some of these books. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it, especially Avengers I see over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, man. That yeah. was mm-hmm. tough stuff. Yeah. Um, but as I was walking here, we had just announced Wolverine The Long Night. Yes. The um, serialized uh, storytelling podcast, mm-hmm. whatever whatever way you call it. It's it's Wolverine. Yeah. It's a fictional podcast. It's and cool. It's, uh, it's awesome. I've been, you know been listening to people develop this over the past however long uh so it's good to see that the news is finally out there logan will be played by richard armitage Amazing. from uh yeah. the hobbit and i'm sure Great he's done uh, maggie's <laughs> maggie's mouth just went wide open she was yeah. so surprised oh he was on on hannibal as well there you go uh but in in the article uh it says Ben Percy, who's mm-hmm. the writer on mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. says it will blend the mystery aspects of true co- crime podcasts like Serial and S-Town with the narrative tricks of true detective plus 
a dash of Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Very cool. Stuff. Mm. Uh, so it's yeah, it's going to be really cool. There's uh, some of the other people in the show make me really happy. Um, we have. Uh, where were the yeah Bob Balaban is in the show Bob yeah. Balaban <laughs> Scott Adsit is in the show there you go and one of my favorites who I do want to get back here at Marvel Chris Gethard yeah. is on the show uh, plenty more you can find That's the news talent right yeah. there you can find the news on Marvel.com and it is yeah. it will be available spring 2018 on Stitcher Premium mm-hmm. exclusively to start and then all podcast places after that I'm sure we'll talk more about that of course um, means I'm y'all we're all gonna need Stitcher Premium accounts yep. oh yeah Tucker yeah. hook it up Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, Christmas and the holidays are coming. You can yeah. get us. What a nice thing that would be to get us. Wow. Oh, thank you, Tucker. Thank yeah. you, Tucker. Really appreciate no, you it. You guys Thanks are so in, welcome. Thanks in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's before we switch off the Wolverine podcast, Ben Percy, the name is familiar to me. He's written for us before. Has he he has. I can't remember. I, I remember talking to yeah. someone here who was developing the show about Ben. I remember um, liking what he did. Yes. So great job, Ben. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> From one Ben to another. Yeah. Good job, Ben. Way to Ben. Uh, so if you're just joining us, uh, we're going to talk about all the new comics out this week. Single issues, print, digital, collections, all that good stuff. We've got, um, I don't know, what else we're we doing this episode? Uh, this is just a normal, everyday episode. But I am talking to Greg Pak uh, about a little World War Hulk 2. Nice. So that should be our uh, news section yep. this week. Very good. And then uh, we'll be taking your questions and comments. And who knows what the West Coast is up to. Yeah. Those guys are unpredictable. Totally. All right. So, Dive in. Who's up first? Me. Oh, yeah, you I guess. Go. No, you go. no, no Tucker. it's all Tucker's the up Tuck first. Man. Alphabetically. A for the Avengers. A for Avengers. Uh, Avengers 674, Worlds Collide Part 5. This is the crossover with the Champions, uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Jesus Saiz. Uh, uh, great cover by Alex Ross. And so, if you recall, there are two Earths, Earth and Counter-Earth, that are on a collision course and things look really dire for the the citizens of both uh, planets. Uh, and the champions and the Avengers have traveled to the Counter-Earth to try and spin it off of its course of destruction. Uh, they've done away with the High Evolutionary now, and Viv has been turned into a human girl as in the, in the process. I, you know, there's interesting story stuff there, but the, the thi- High Evolutionary doing that Mm-hmm. is such a violation such of a violation. it's just like at its core it's just like i'm going to change every fiber of your being to something mm-hmm. else and, mm-hmm. then, and you have no recourse and then totally treating it like it was a favor like yeah. you did a good thing like hey. he did something nice for you like you're welcome yeah i just completely yeah exactly i completely altered your core of who you are without asking you yeah. you're welcome there's the big kind of action of this story mixed in with some incredibly emotional stuff between Vision and Viv. Oh we get a great God. moment at the start of the story where Vision kind of reveals to his daughter that he has seen the future and he knows that she doesn't have long to live, that he will outlive her, mm-hmm. in fact. And that conversation right oh. there is just like it was intense. Yeah. yeah and, and that was one of those things. It was like, you know, you have a parent. Saying to their child, I know I will live longer than you. Mm-hmm. Which is horrific. Yeah. I, for the parent, that's just hard. I mean, yeah. that's the last thing you want to. Yeah, I think about, about, sadly, I think about my cats and their mortality all the time. Right. That's not even a human. No, baby, but, it's, but it's it's relevant, totally. And, yeah. and the thing Vision says, he says, I built you 
not to last. Like he basically reveals that he used materials when he was creating his family that they would have normal human lifespan so they could experience life as normal as they could. And he didn't, you know. Which is weird. Like, is hey, weird. You, there's always that thing about the immortals. Like mm-hmm. you're going to you will see everyone you love die. Yep. Why? If you have the ability to create something that can last forever with you. Yeah. Why not? But I think the thing is, he he wanted them to have the genuine human experience. If yeah. you go back to Tom sure. King's yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant Vision series, that was so much it was about was they wanted to have a normal life. They wanted to be a normal family. They yeah. wanted to live live like humans. So it makes sense that he did it. It's a big sacrifice on his part, but it definitely feeds into some really emotional stuff here. Yeah. Uh, so the the teams encounter these counter Earth beasts, the Animen, Animen, uh, the Animen. Look, we, Jesus Saiz <laughs> on this issue is incredible. Yep, all his facial expressions, but he draws giant size Animen who yeah. have little ana- like normal size Animen on leashes. I like that it's never explained. I, yeah, there's no context given for the fact that you have this <laughs> giant tiger man who has two little of your tiger men on leashes. <laughs> And then a minotaur man and a lizard man. It's just great. It's like, look, here I am with my sons. Or right, my yeah. daughter. It is, just, yeah. it is you, if you haven't seen this panel, you have to read this issue. Yeah. If not for anything else, I mean, it's got great emotional stuff. This panel is. <laughs> I was the child at the mall when I was like four years old who was on a leash. Oh, yeah. My, my, my wife my was mom, on a yeah. leash, too. Yeah. She talks about really? it. Really? <laughs> I would never put our kids on uh, Really? No. Fascinating. <laughs> do it. Uh, so the teams throw down, and Viv, who has been directed, to stay out of the fight by her father uh, kind of sneaks off and runs into a, a, a really interesting parallel. Oh, I was uh, going to ask yeah. you, Ben, is that so... This right. is a new character. I, I named it Evo Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Very clever. Uh, it's essentially the uh, the uh, uh, the son of the high evolutionary or uh, a creation of the high evolutionary who has conflicted with uh, uh, its... His parent, in a way, there's a really complex, difficult uh, past there that kind of mirrors Viv and Vision's relationship in an interesting way. Well, I mean, it it, it really boils down to high evolutionary yeah. has no compassion. Evolution Evo Junior, Evo as Jr. I've named yeah. them, uh, as he's known by man, has compassion and doesn't yeah. want to see pe- things killed just it's because not, they don't fit into the the scheme of things. To Evo Junior. Everything is not just a big experiment. Yeah. High evolutionary, the ends justify the means for everything because he's trying to gain knowledge. Mm -hmm. And if he has to trash Animan or destroy Counter-Earth or do any of that, it's fine. It's all in the service of him getting knowledge. Evo Jr. does not agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in their conflict, Evo Jr. has been uh, uh, locked up uh, and Viv is in conversation. He hasn't Uh, actually been locked up. He locked himself there. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he he was, yeah, which is another layer. It's yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, and so, so essentially Viv is trying to convince Evo Jr. to uh, to spin Counter-Earth off of its course and save everyone on both planets in the process. And there's a really long, interesting conversation where she kind of appeals to his uh, morality and to his sense of love almost and the, to kind of um, to 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 do this righteous thing in spite of the high evolutionary mm-hmm. uh, uh and eventually 
Uh, she succeeds. However, then the champions and the Avengers burst through the room uh, and giving Evo Jr. kind of the wrong idea, making uh, him think that they're there for the wrong reasons. Uh, so right with one minute to go before the planets collide, uh, Evo Jr. turns on them and says, no, I'm not going to help you after all. Uh, but there's this kind of, uh, there's this uh, like cosmic lock that essentially can vibrate uh, counter Earth uh, and uh, make it uh, so so that the it disappears and the planets don't collide. It kind of transports the planet elsewhere. Um, and Evo Junior warns Viv that uh, only he can go in there because it's the the, the radiation and the the, the vibration. I, I, I guess is too powerful for her mortal form. Uh, and then in these last few pages. Holy yeah. crap, it yeah. is some powerful stuff. We get some really, really wonderful flashbacks to the the Vision series uh, and kind of that classic um, look uh, of Vision and his family and Viv and her brother and her mom as she herself goes into this uh, chamber uh, knowing full well what's going to happen. She sends Counter-Earth off of its axis uh, uh, averting the destruction, uh, and as uh, Vision comes to try and save her at the last moment, she slowly, slowly kind of vibrates out of space. It, just such a great oh, heroic moment. Yeah, it I mean, really it's is. Just beautiful. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't expecting. I was yeah. like, no, okay, how yeah. are they going to get her back to being the Viv that we know before the end exactly. of this, yeah. this story? And Mark Wade knows how to craft moments like this. Yeah, He's a absolutely. true professional, and he knows how to really tug at your heartstrings. Yeah. And, you know, the whole idea that earlier in this issue, Vision told her, you're not going to live forever. And she's basically taking that upon herself, being like, well, if I'm not going to live forever, then I might as well make what mm -hmm. I'm doing count. It's mm -hmm. like Queen said, who wants to live forever? Yeah, just mm. like Queen said. Uh, and then on the last page, something very surprising. Yeah. Uh, comes up. I did not see that coming. No. no. I'm excited for what the Very future holds. Excited. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you definitely have to read that. You also have to read Captain America number 696, uh, part of the Home of the Brave arc by Mark Wade, Chris Somney, and Matthew Wilson as they sort of, you know, bring Cap back to the people, back mm -hmm. to the roots. Uh, and, like, this creative team is, Dynamite. this is perfection. Dynamite. This is, like, I, we were Ben and I were talking the other day because I had to come to your desk and be like, did you read Captain America yet? Right, right, right. And I said, this creative team needs to do this and this and this. I want them writing and drawing and doing all the comic books forever. Um, so, yeah, it's Cap. He's just driving around the country, yeah. just getting in touch with America. Uh, here he's in Atlanta. There's a great conversation between him and um, Sharon Carter. And it was just Fun little bits and pieces. You don't get her side of it, but you get his, and it's really funny. You you know, you're reminded that Mark just does really great character, di mm -hmm. simple dialogue stuff. This is so more well. Mark Wade. This is our second Mark Wade pick of the week. How did this happen? How did this happen? Yes. Uh, but Cap rolls into, you know, uh, Saga River, Atlanta. He sees a little diner, and he's just like, oh, there's a sign outside that, you know, if someone washed dishes. 
no, I don't need to do that. Maybe they'll let me wash some dishes, get a little food, yep. fill up my belly, and I'll be happy. And he's like, hey, I'll you know do this. He shakes his hand and says his name is Steve. And the guy's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Steve? And it's just really funny moment. The, the I like when the guy later says to him, if you're going to g- keep going around the country like this, like maybe wear a hat. Yeah. <laughs> wear a hat Glasses. and like, some sunglasses or something. That might help. Yeah. Because you look like Steve Rogers. You are the handsomest, <laughs> yeah. you know, blonde man in the world. Yeah. Uh, and there's great moments. Also reminded in here that Chris Somney does like cartoony comedy. Mm-hmm. He does everything so well. So it's well. freaking incredible. Such a great comic. Uh, and, and we find out that, you know, of course, Cap stumbles into something that uh, unexpected in the town is a swordsman. Mm-hmm. But the swordsman's dead. Long dead. Long dead. We see this new swordsman. He cuts through a TV. Now, you know, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. No. You've got a great sword. What a waste. Leave the TV alone. Come on, guy. Like, that's an expensive piece of yeah. equipment. Someone could use that. <laughs> I do like, I have to say that mm. uh, the Wade and Somni run so far in Captain America, it's been two issues, two small towns he's visited, two small towns that just happen to have supervillains in them. Yeah. That's great. That's how it should be. His his supervillain sense is is, is going. Point. Uh, of course, Swordsman thinks he's there for him. Cap yeah. is not actually there Doesn't for him, care. unlike in the first issue. The first issue, he pointedly went back yes. to those terrorists. Uh, but here, Swordsman's like, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to kill all these people and blow this dam because you're a jerk. And uh, Cap's like, uh, he's like, crap. He finds out about this. And there's this one page here Great. where mm-hmm. Cap is in the middle of changing. He's like on the move and changing and mm-hmm. getting ready for battle at the same time. This is particularly the panel, the page that made me think of that conversation yep. that sparked that conversation mm-hmm. we had. I can and, see that. Um, it, it's this really great, it's fast, it moves the story along. It's such a really smart storytelling bit of choices from Chris Omni and, and, Chris, and Mark Wade. And then you get a beautiful full page splash of Cap on the bike, mm-hmm. classic costume, shield on his back, riding his Harley, just so cool. You get a cool fight between Swordsman and Cap. And I like also in here that Cap is not invincible. He's not no. super he's not a super man. He is uh <laughs> he's very fallible. He's not as strong as so many other heroes. Sure. But he's super smart. He's able to deal with the problems. There's this two-page uh battle here on the top of the dam. Mm-hmm. Uh they use shadows, they use, you know, just different Swordsman's motion. a perfect opponent for Cap. It's great. really lets uh, Somni show off his stuff because, I mean, you got the sword versus the shield. Yeah. It's it's just really nice. Yeah. Uh, also, the swordsman got a new, like, a fancy new sword mm-hmm. that is made of vibranium. I mean, there's just lots of really cool stuff yeah. here. Uh, and is this the original swordsman? You'll have to read to find out, true believers. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but Cap has to deal with a big problem, and it, it's just such a quintessentially... It, Perfect. Yeah, it's Captain America story. Uh, and then, and then at the end, we yes, get a, this was so cool. A wonderful letter uh, from our friend Joe Caramagna about what Captain America means to him, mm-hmm. and it's just really cool story. Old photos, the connections that Cap has to uh, Joe and his family is is just wonderful. This right. is so good. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And continuing with our run of good stuff, we've got Hawkeye number thirteen. Written by Kelly Thompson, art by Leonardo Romero, colors by Jordi Belair. It's part one of Family Reunion. You asked for it. You got it. Clint Barton back in the fold in the Hawkeye book. So we've got Clint and Kate teaming up here. Um, Kelly does a really good job of nailing their relationship right off the Mm -hmm. bat and just making them super fun. Kind of picks up a lot of the stuff from the Fraction series, which is obviously kind of the... 
high watermark for Hawkeye, and that's uh, uh, the thing that they're living in the shadow of. But we flash to we flash forward right now. What is happening is that Kate and Clint are falling from a great height. Their bows and arrows drawn, and we want to know how they got there. Um, basically, Kate has asked Clint to help her look for her mom. Who may or may not still be alive. I love she's her. Unsure. Yep. Her research board just says for, mom. Mm-hmm. Just says mom. mom. That's all she's got yep. right now. Mom on a cork board. That's what she's looking at. But then uh, Clint also wants some help. Um, and I like I like this. Uh, I like that uh, he says, "What on earth is the mom card? Is it a, your mom joke?" Because I always enjoy those. Clint saying it, and and. Kate Bishop going, the mom card is obviously that moms always come first. And Clint's response, in fairness, my mom is dead, so how would I know? Just <laughs> great banter going back and forth. All right, these guys, they're out having some pizza. Pizza um, dog. Pizza dog returns. Lucky, Lucky eating pizza like he does. Now, I, my only concern here yes, is there garlic on that pizza? Oh, dog shouldn't have the garlic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Uh, dog shouldn't be eating pizza in general. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably bad, bad for their tummy, idea. but yeah. that's just me. Yeah, my dog eats eggs. Oh, I in moderation, yep. you know. Oh no, it'll be whatever's left over after I'm done. Like they can clean up my. Plate <laughs> oh, he gets your scraps. It's a she. She gets your scraps. Yeah, she gets my I scraps. I've, I've hung you've, out. With you've her. met and and cuddled Adored with her. my uh, yes. with my puppy before, um, but yeah, they uh, they they're eating pizza. The two Hawkeyes just hanging out, having a great conversation. Clint talking to Kate what he needs from her. I like that Clint really treats Kate as an equal. He does not treat her as a protege, even though he refers to her as my protege, who is also a detective, who I decided I could help me out with some detective work. That's what he says here. He goes, uh, he doesn't know who's shooting at him. He goes, I don't know. That's what we're supposed to be discussing. That's why I came to my protege, who is now a detective, so she can detect. Uh, they end up find- uh, like there's someone out for his life, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, we should definitely do your thing first. Yeah. He's like, duh. Yeah. And then uh, they crash into Ramon's surf shop, the friend of Kate's. They break a couple surfboards. Uh, Ramon says, oh, look, it's my most expensive friend. What a surprise. <laughs> um, as she breaks down. Everything here is just funny and witty. We find out that this actually ties back to Generations the Archers, which was a great book really? that uh, Kelly wrote and uh, introduced a character named Eden Vale. She's a protege of the, of the swordsman we just talked about. Ooh, wow. All, all the together. connections this week, Tucker. Uh, yeah. We got some cool stuff. I forgot I didn't touch on the fact that Kate uses these cool knives at one point and Clint's like, knives? Since when do you use knives? And she's like, oh, you know, uh, Madame Mask created a clone of me and she was running around. She had some knives on her. So I just took her knives and now I have her knives. He's like, it's kind of off brand though. Yeah, he says it's kind of off brand, which is great. Um, the only instance of Kate Vision in this issue is when they see Eden Vale and there's a bullseye around Eden Vale that just says totally Eden Vale. <laughs> Eden's a cool new villain. Uh, neat stuff going on there. We get back to where we started with the Hawkeyes t- tumbling down to their death. Um, they don't die. Um, spoiler. <laughs> what? Uh, but they do land hard on the ground and Eden basically says this is what I'm looking for. She's saying and if you makes an offer to Kate if you help me take out Clint Barton your mentor Hawkeye, I will bring your mother to you. So she knows something about what is going on. She at least, she knows something, but to what extent we'll see. That was so good. That issue is so, and Leo Romero back on the book. So good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We didn't talk enough about Leo Romero and Jordi Belair doing such a kick-ass job. uh, Just really illustrating perfectly. Just uh, the flow of the book is wonderful. The different layouts are great. The different panel shapes, everything. Everything is works seamlessly to create a wonderful story. Nope. Doesn't ben, work ben, as well. ben, do you know what that is? 
Look, I'm wearing my Star oh, Wars my. shirt. Wow. Did you guys wow. not notice that? I didn't notice that. I got a Star Wars shirt. My My mother-in-law got me this shirt for Christmas like two years ago. And I was like, you know, I'm not really that. Of course, what would I say? But other than I'm not really that into Star Wars. Thank you for trying to think of me. Thanks for not knowing who I am. Yeah. I was like, I was like, we don't we don't all like Star Wars. And then you flipped over a table and stormed off in your room and listened to like a system of a down. Yeah, exactly. System of a down like I usually do. I was like, I was like, don't don't reduce us all to Big Bang Theory stereotypes, lady. I love System of a Down, to be yeah. honest. System of a Down's pretty great. You know. uh, awesome. Anyway. <laughs> Star Wars Darth Vader, number nine, written by Charles Soule. Pencils by Giuseppe Camicoli. Uh, inks by Daniel Orlandini. Colors by David Curiel. And uh, Jocasta New is in the Jedi Temple in the... Uh, in the essentially the the library where I all love that... the conflict between Jocasta New and the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the way he's taunting her and just being like, "Yeah, I used to be a Jedi. Yeah, Jedi suck." <laughs> as Vader is yeah. on his as Vader's on his way there to take care of business, we see this throwdown between Jocasta and the Grand Inquisitor, who Great reveals fight. to her that he used to be a Jedi. That yep. he went to the Jedi archives uh, multiple times to try and gain more knowledge, gain she more information. And she said, no way. No way, you, sucker. You'd, you'd think that, like, they would, the Jedi masters would be like, oh, that guy's, he's kind of a creep. Yeah. Right. Can we, let's, let's take him out of the program. See, that's what they needed. They need the sorting hat from Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow. Which I always said was used incorrectly. Have I given you my theory on this before? No. All right. Give it up. Break for a minute. Um, the ser- the the sorting hat from Harry Potter basically says like, all right, these are the evil kids, and then what do they do? They put all the evil kids together in one place where they can all be evil together. It's totally flawed. It's like a, it's like you have a system to be able to predict who's going to be a serial killer, and you're like, we're going to put you with all the other serial killers, and hopefully you guys will be good influences on each other. I, I've read the books. There's a little bit more nuance than that. Well, I certainly have not read the books. I, I, I'm, I'm aware. Absolutely. No way. <laughs> are, are you are you calling for a sort of minority report uh, sorting where the you might be a bad guy children are rounded up and, and prosecuted for crimes they've yet no, to commit? What I, no, what I'm saying, not no, you could not be more wrong, Tucker. <laughs> I want them to be given a chance to reform, like put them with the good kids. Oh, Say like, them out. you're going to have a good influence. Don't put them with all the other bad kids. Like try to reform them. Yeah. Put some effort Go in. hang out with the Hufflepuffs. Exactly. Go like, go like exactly. lick a window and like, <laughs> like. Basically what you're saying is we should be writing Harry Potter. Comics. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Continue, Tucker. <laughs> Uh, so there's a throwdown between Jocasta and the Grand Inquisitor, which is so awesome. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor, of course, bests her and is about to take mm-hmm. her out. And then... Why, of course? Because she's, she's a buckworm. Oh, exactly. man, you guys. <laughs> she's a nerd. She's a nerd of the Star Wars universe. Tucker, she's a big old nerd. Tucker Marcus throwing shade at Jocasta new. Uh, but as was alluded to in earlier issues, when the Emperor tasked Vader with going after her in the first place... Vader comes in and saves her life. Uh, uh, he stops the Grand Inquisitor from executing her. And in a final moment, uh, the uh, Jocasta uh, pulls some books down on top of him, manages to, manages to escape. That's, what, that's, that's how a nerd would handle yeah. it, isn't it, <laughs> She pushes over a bookcase, essentially. Oh, yeah, classic nerd. <laughs> but there's, like, there's this heartbreaking moment, yeah. though. Oh, she God. is the Very one who has been in charge of this library. And... In order to keep it out of the Sith's, because she immediately senses, oh, 
that guy's bad. That is a Sith. Mm -hmm. That is the worst. Mm -hmm. Like, she knows none of this knowledge can fall into his hands. She does the only thing that she can do. Yeah. She destroys the library. That is such a heartbreaking yeah. moment. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a huge moment. And uh, just as a Star Wars fan, it felt kind Are you of Star crazy Wars? to see. Are you a Star Wars fan? I wasn't sure about that. Guys, I'm lukewarm on it. Uh, <laughs> get it? Get it? Luke? Thank you. Did you even uh, realize what you did there? Uh... Of course, come. On. I'm a, a master of wordplay. Anyway, <laughs> va- va- uh, she d- deletes the records, uh, uh, and she says to Vader, "All you have left now is me." She essentially is the last one that holds all of this knowledge. Mm. Uh, Vader goes into this secret kind of uh, ch- chamber, and there's a really cool moment where there's this. Uh, there's I like this the security droid. Yeah, yeah. security droid. Yeah. Really he's, cool. He's really like, cool. oh, hello. You seem to be holding a weapon. Yeah. I will take that weapon. There, there is a cool moment where the the security droid that's in this kind of secret chamber where a bunch of you know even more Jedi knowledge and secrets are held uh, in the temple. Uh, Vader walks in and it says to him, I like it senses his DNA and his uh, his trace and it says. Uh, you're Anakin Skywalker. And there's a really cool moment there. She, uh, the, the, the droid takes uh, Vader's saber. Uh, Vader then punches through its head in some really... Uh, this is a very badass droid. It's totally... That's what I got right away because I was like, not a lot of droid... Not a lot of characters, period, can take it to Darth Vader yeah. on a one-on-one... Uh, stance but to be fair this is still baby vader right like this yeah. is still like in his early day it, yes but even he's as done anakin he was very powerful yes yeah. true true yeah, yeah. sorry uh, i don't mean to sh- shame you with my star wars <laughs> knowledge uh there uh, I, I i just yeah i love that droid i was sad to see him get completely destroyed wow, by spoilers. vader's fist um uh but uh right at the end jacosta takes out this kind of awesome like ancient Jedi sniper rifle uh, and shoots Vader with it and she says it's my turn to take him on uh, and it looks like there's a final showdown coming we at last between the two. We didn't talk nearly enough about Giuseppe Camoncoli. Mm. I was going to say. They're not, same page. Uh, he is amazing on this book. I love his Vader. Uh, he does something. He, he like Darth Vader is one of those characters that you just, you intrinsically, you know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. And he looks like one thing. And you would think it would be hard for someone to put their own stamp on him because he's so classic and iconic. But somehow Giuseppe manages to make Vader look a little bit different. Yeah. There's the, just the the way he does the, and who's, who's the colorist on that book, Tucker? David Curiel. David Curiel does a really good job too. Just the shades of black. Like mm-hmm. It's not just a set black, but we've got grays. We've got reflection. We've got shimmering stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful artwork. Yeah, and I wrote down here, my first note was Camo's Coruscant. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the city planet. Just, I don't know how he does all that he does all the time. Right. He is such a prolific artist, but so detailed and so masterful and so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Camo Devast- is devastatingly really? handsome. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, I think once <laughs> I didn't know that. He I played foosball mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. and Jim Lee yep. and someone else back in the wizard days. Wow. Oh, boy. And Epic. it was me and Camo. The adventures and, we had. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely lost. But yeah. it was a good time that we had. Yeah. Anyway. What um, happened to Jim Lee? I don't know. I think he mm. retired. Okay. <laughs> he had a good run. Good run. Decent right. run. On to Doctor Strange number 382, written by our friend and yours, Donnie Cates. Art by Gabriel Hernandez-Volta and colors by Jordi Belair. Mm, this was a good issue. Oh. 
this man. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I was like, all right, this is another Donnie book. Yep. We've chosen all the Donnie books so far. Yep. There's no way it's gonna. He can't. He can't keep hitting it out of the park. Yeah. Guess what? He, he did. did. He done did it. It opens with Doctor Strange climbing a mountain. And we've got this this narration going on. Uh, you know about why Doc is doing this. He's climbing a mountain in the snow, uh, and we flash back real a quick. Bit. Yes, when he was first climbing the mountain in the snow, who did you think he was looking for? I I first thought he was looking for the ancient one. Okay, just that was where my head just went. Makes sense. Makes um, sense. Just because of what he was talking about, the way he was couching everything. Yep. Um, who did you think? I thought it was Wong. Okay. Because Wong's been missing out of the book for a little while, yep. it would make sense that he would retreat to kind of some mountain range. Yep. Tucker. Uh, I thought he was looking for himself. Oh, oh my God, what a cop yes, out. Yes, yes. Great. Anyway, <laughs> we, go, the worst. We, we go back a little bit uh, to what Doctor Strange was doing. At the end of the first issue of this run, we saw that Doctor Strange is now a, a vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Very noble profession. Yeah. We got uh, Doctor Strange treating a cat and a family with a family. And uh, then a dog comes in to give him some news. Yep. The dog is very clearly speaking English. The dog's name, Bats, yep. which I just like. dog's it's name up. is Bats. Uh, and the, this family is sort of like freaked out, doesn't know what's Understandably. going on. Understandably. Look, if I saw a dog speaking English, yeah. it would be literally the happiest day yeah. of my yeah. life. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know what else I <laughs> yeah. would do other than fall on my knees, start crying, and start talking to the dog. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It yeah. makes me happy thinking about yeah. it. What if the dog didn't want to talk to you? That would be devastating. <laughs> that is That would be horrifying. Crushing. Exactly. Anyway, we don't even think about it. We get this conversation. Doctor Strange talks about, you know what? I'm kind of not a veterinarian, but mm-hmm. I can help. Yeah. Uh, it's just I like, like that he basically says, like, the gist of operating on humans and operating on animals is the same. So we should be fine. It's going to be fine. That page made me laugh harder than any right? single page in a really long it time. It was really good. So good. Uh, and then, of course, the family runs away. Uh, Doctor Strange has a conversation with Bats uh, and finds out that Bats is doing a little snooping. Yep, a little found recon. Found out that the current Sorcerer Supreme uh, Loki is having some time with Zelda and Zelma. Zelda, Zelma. <laughs> with Zelma, um, Doctor Strange's former uh, protege, yeah. apprentice. Apprentice, I would say. Yeah. And uh, then we, we go over. Do- uh, Loki is trying to get into a locked room. Sexy Loki. Very sexy Loki. Yeah. Shirtless, wearing the glove. Yep. That is a statement. He's got full uh-huh. pants on, but he's got Doctor Strange's, you know, mystical gloves. Yep. No shirt. Yep. <laughs> love it. The way it was meant to be. And he's it was using meant to be worn. He's using Scourge's machine guns. I love that. that Just was such a great callback. This is I think this is one of the things I'm really enjoying about Donnie's. He's pulling in very little things mm-hmm. that, you know, it's fine. You may roll past them if you don't read a lot of comics, but mm-hmm. He's putting in stuff because he's so deep into the mythology, the lore, the comics, the characters, everything. It's is, really good. Is it true Donnie used to be an intern? It is true. correct. That is true. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Director of marketing for Marvel Television, Tim Dillon, still calls him Intern Donnie. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so we've got this great conversation. We start to find out what Loki and Zelma are trying to get to, which is why Doctor Strange is going to be very upset. He goes in astral form, walks bats to uh, where the Sanctum Sanctorum is now, uh, which is a great moment. Like, we don't get to see enough of these these moments of people reacting to Doctor Strange and his weirdness. Mm-hmm. So what people are seeing is a dog walking itself with yeah. a leash that's like, you know, up above. But 
Doctor Strange's astral form is walking him there. He sees things. He spies some smooching. <sighs> Loki is putting the moves on old Zelma, uh, which, you know, things are getting a little serious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I again, I like Loki here because he's not being played as a straight mustache villain. Yeah, uh, he's definitely in opposition to Doctor Strange, but he seems to have genuine feelings for Zelma, and everything he's doing seems to be coming from a good place. Yeah, and then Doctor Strange comes in, he's like, "Zelma, you got to get out of here," and she's like, "No, you up and left. Yeah, what's your deal? You're a jerk." Uh, and Doctor Strange gets booted by uh, Loki, and then he there's the heart this moment in the book. We've got bats, Ugh. who we find out earlier in the book is a little bit an older dog, yep, has, has a little bit of a heart condition. Uh, I have a cat who I have to give her a little pill every day because mm-hmm. she has a heart condition. Aww. So mm-hmm. I understand. Um, and then we get to see bats, and Loki's like, shut up, dog, puts it in a cage. But bats just keeps yelling and gets very upset, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange freaks out. It is a heartbreaking couple of pages. Mm -hmm. Then we get to see, we flash back to the present time where Doctor Strange has reached the top of the mountain. He's reached his goal. He's reached the person that he was looking for. Mm -hmm. And it, I got it right before the page. Yeah, right before. It hit me. And I was like, oh my God, Donnie, what did you do? (laughs) It was fantastic. This is another stellar issue uh, of this new Doctor Strange. The creative team is rocking and rolling. I cannot speak highly enough of this. Yeah, did we even talk about Gabriel Hernandez Walta? Oh my God, he's just the the reactions. Mm-hmm. He draws a sexy Loki. Yep. And it's, yeah, Gabriel Hernandez Walta is so good. Top notch. All right, finally, we've got Iceman number eight, written by Cine Grace, uh, art by Robert Gill, and colors by Rochelle. Rosenberg. This is the Iceman versus Iceman story uh, in which the Icemen do not actually fight, but instead... Yeah, I was going to say, it's not a versus. It's definitely not a versus. Uh, first, they team up as superheroes going after Pyro. The, I loved... Like, the, the scene is really on his, yeah, like, he is Iceman rolling. banter is incredible. Iceman, you know what? I think that Bobby Drake may be a more fully realized character in the eight issues we've seen of Iceman than in his entire history. Mm, without question. He just has such a personality. Uh, there, but there's such a great bit of business as the two Icemen are talking mm-hmm. and they're they're just getting their, you know, they're talking about what they're doing and where they need to go. But the villain that they're facing is Pyro. Yep. Pyro died, right? Yep. They make a joke about it uh, really briefly. Yep, they say it. They say, you come back from the dead and this is how you choose to spend your time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the full explanation of how Pyro came back. I love because they're talking about younger Iceman's love life the entire time and they're just kind of incidentally like, oh, okay, while we do this, we'll fight Pyro, like shoot something. But the whole thing is just backdrop for dialogue. It's brilliant. It's yeah. it's incredible stuff. We get a little aside to Dokken, which is great. He's in Madripoor, up to no good. He's going to be coming back next issue, as we know from next issue box. But the main thrust of this issue is older Bobby is having dinner with his parents who wanted to meet younger Bobby. And uh, as we know, his parents are not the most tolerant people. Um, Can I, I'm just, as someone who is from a bit of Long Island, Mm. not all Long Islanders are uh, terrible, racist, homophobic, trash people. (laughs) Fair. So let's just put that out there. I love that uh, young Bobby is waiting in the bathroom where he is iced up. He can't ice down. He's super nervous to meet his parents and they're older. He says, help, I'm redefining cold feet. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, then he sits down with his parents and they basically, the parents pitch that they want another shot at raising Bobby Wright. They are the worst. So they basically say like, um, you know, 
older Bobby was like, oh, I thought you really wanted to meet like this younger version of your son and like treat him as a person. But no, you just want to treat him as a do over. Uh, they get into this huge argument between Bobby and his parents. And while they're doing that, young Bobby like goes into crazy freeze mode and he can't stop. He's just like covering himself with layer of ice upon layer of ice because he can't control his powers. Uh, older Iceman helps him power down, calm down a little bit. Uh, then the mom grabs younger Bobby and says, let's get a big bowl of spumoni and finish dinner like a civilized family. <laughs> and then younger Bobby just like, no, you guys are the worst. You've got to accept me and older Bobby and everything we're about. And then older Bobby goes back to the Xavier Institute. And what we have is Judah Miller, his love interest from out in Los Angeles. Because remember, he's still planning to move to Los Angeles. That was dropped on his last issue. He uh, comes in and <laughs> I love the shot where he just... He's holding up a sign that says, you up, and he says, (laughs) freelance copywriter means I'm free to buy sneakers in the middle of the day and work remotely while I spend time getting to know you. I want to be a part of it and start saying New York City. And then Colossus just comes from off panel and tackles (laughs) Judah, and Iceman just yells, Peter, no, that's my special friend. (laughs) It's just so so good. It's so sweet and endearing and silly and... Like I yeah I I really and then the last panel is Dokken back in New York singing New York New York yeah he's excited this is such a good book I love I as you guys know Iceman is my favorite X Man and Cena Grace has just done an amazing job with Iceman filling him out just making him the best possible character he can be indeed all right guys let's quick hit it Uh, let's stick with the X Men for a second talk about Astonishing X Men number six written by Charles Soule. Art by the magnificent Mike Del Mundo. We have a battle on the astral plane between Professor X and Shadow King. Professor X has some reinforcements. There's also stuff going on in London, the real world. Mike, of course, just draws the hell out of this issue. Crazy, weird stuff going on. Uh, We get a little bit of an update on what's going on with Phantom X, Archangel, Psylocke, the whole gang, and a major, major turning point for Professor X. Yeah, I was like, yeah. We need to learn more about that. Exactly. We need to get Charles Soule on the line. Oh, yeah. Charles in charge, if you will. Yeah. All right. We've got Black Bolt number eight, uh, written by Saladin Ahmed, color uh, art and cover by Christian Ward. And uh, this is now Black Bolt with uh, Blinky, Blinky and Lockjaw. They get back to Earth. They are going to see the Inhumans. They're going to get, you know, sort of calm down a little bit after all their dealings with the prison planet and mm-hmm. everything. And of course, it goes really poorly at first. Uh, shapes, one the, might say. the Inhumans are like, you're not Black Bolt. What's going on? Yeah, blah, you're blah, blah, Maximus. Blah, blah. We know that he's posing as Black Bolt. Finally, everything gets settled, but there's this really great couple of pages where Panacea, the Inhuman who can heal wounds, uh, starts to treat their wounds. The great part is with Lockjaw because Lockjaw was really hurt. And it's just Christian Ward's art mm-hmm. is so good. Look at this. Like He just draws Lockjaw licking Panacea's face and then mm-hmm. happy because now... Lockjaw's all, all fit and fit, fit is a fiddle. Fit is a fiddle. Uh, there's a great couple of moments between uh, Ahura, who is Black Bolt and Medusa's son, mm-hmm. uh, and between him and Black Bolt. It's really good. And then finally, they want to talk to Titania, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is Absorbing Man's wife, now widow, to tell them what's up, which I'm excited for. That yeah. next issue is going to be good. Guardians of the Galaxy 148, Jerry Duggan, Marcus Toe. Uh, we have... Nova and uh, Peter Quill, who have discovered the... Which stone is it? Power stone. Power stone. Yeah, he says it right there. He (laughs) squeezes the gun while he's caressing the stone. Uh, And they're kind of curious about why it's the size of a building and not just something you can fit in your hand. Meanwhile, Drax goes off to... Love Drax in his Nova costume. (laughs) 
I love everything about Drax in this issue. It's a great, it's a great Drax great issue. Drax, issue. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drax is off on this uh, planet with a, a few other members of the Nova Corps who aren't being so nice to the natives. Uh, Drax uh, uh, manages to take care of that and clean up uh, some of these corrupt guys what in the guy. process. Uh, he goes back to the rock where, which is the the home of the uh, of the Nova Corps right now. Oh my God. This part of the issue Where, made me freak out. Yeah, so the part you're talking about yes. to explain is Drax <laughs> is like deal like he's dealing emotionally with what he's just done. Sure. There's been uh these people who were infected by the Ultron virus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but they they're able to sort of get past it and there were these corrupt you know, Nova mm-hmm. Corps has been and he's just dealing with a lot of emotions and then the struggle that he's had. Jerry does such a great job of Making you feel that Marcus Toe with the art, and then he he picks up a saxophone. Do you know mm-hmm. what song he's playing? Of course, it is. Drax says, "Usually, Quill makes me miserable with his music, but there's one group I cannot hate." And outside in the streets, no, you don't need to sing it. Fire, it's, the it's, deal, real nope, death walk. No, nope, I, I don't think we have the rights nope. to that. Anyway. But they wind up wounded. Nope. Shut, shut this whole podcast yeah, down. Me. Shut it off, Tucker. You gotta Brandon, stop tonight. This is what we need you for <laughs> to stop this. Go. He plays wow. the saxophone. He oh really my! Went the whole it's way on. So yeah. good. Yeah. Meanwhile, a Bruce, you didn't say up. what it was. Bruce Springsteen, Jungle yeah. Land, uh, from Born to Run. The the most emotional, <laughs> one of the greatest songs for my money of all time. Anyway, he wow. has a great to- time on his saxophone. Meanwhile, a Groot shows up uh, and starts wreaking havoc. Uh, then Cosmo uh, sets him on fire with a flamethrower, sure. and they're not As really sure what's going on. Uh, mystery on the rock as we go forward in Guardians. The big finale of Inhumans Once and Future Kings, issue number five, written by Christopher Priest, art by Phil Noto, backup story by Ryan North and uh, Gustavo Duarte, focusing on Lockjaw. But the the front story focuses on... There's some really hard stuff with Black Bolt and flashbacks, dealing with his parents, uh, being locked up by his dad, who basically took away his voice because it was too dangerous. You know, in all the years we've had Inhumans, I don't know... I think this series has probably done more for me to feel for Black Bolt Absolutely. than anything I've ever read. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, back in New York City, the Inhumans, uh, who at this point we've got Triton, Medusa, Karnak, Black Bolt, and uh, Maximus all dealing with the wizard who was going to try to pull a little do si on him. And uh, in- instead, the uh, Alpha Primitive who has uh, broken away, Elisha, He's got something going on. He's kidnapped Crystal. Pu- puppy Lockjaw, uh, yeah. though. Puppy Lockjaw. Puppy Lockjaw puppy... is great. Puppy Lockjaw is fantastic. It hurts uh, my heart. It's so cute. All the humans make their way back to Adelan, where the Unspoken is fighting against the Alpha Primitives. We get a little discussion of the Alpha Primitives and the uh, the gross slave machine that they uh, use. And Black Bolt makes a promise to Elisha that he's going to fix things when he's king. And uh, Maximus does some stuff to... Uh, take everyone by surprise. The unspoken tries to hand the throne over to Black Bolt, and Black Bolt basically says via Medusa, now is not the time, but it will be someday. Yeah. And then Black Bolt walks alone. And then there's a great backup story with uh, Lockjaw, Spider-Man, and J. Jonah Jameson. Fun stuff. Yes. Um, Phil Noto draws, I mean, everything incredibly yep. perfectly well, mm-hmm. but he draws young people. Yes. Very well. Like I, it's it's hard to explain, you know, because some it just see they look young. They don't look like you know smaller, smaller adults. adults. They look 
like teenagers right. and adolescents. And it's he just has such a touch for, for doing that really well. You could All say right. he has the touch. Uh, the power. Yeah. Uh, we have Iron Fist number 75. Yeah. Wow. Big, uh, Big 75th issue. Yeah, we did it, guys. Yeah. Uh, issue number 75, written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Perkins and Andy Troy. Now, in this one, I thought it was going to be a saber-tooth Iron Fist fight based right. on the cover. Yeah. I was delighted to see that it was not. We've got, we open up with uh, Iron Fist and Sabretooth still trying to deal with the constrictor business. Who is this new constrictor? What's going on? Uh, so Iron Fist and uh, Sabretooth have busted in on the Serpent Society and they're beating them up. And then in comes Choshin and the dudes who want to mess up. Uh, or Rat of 12 Plagues. Yeah, Rat of 12 Plagues. Mm-hmm. His crew who wants to reform yeah. Kunlun. And they, there's a big brouhaha. Everybody's fighting. Uh, Rat of Twelve Plagues gets his hands on the new constrictor, yep. uh, which is bad news. It's gross. It's gnarly. We find out the identity of the new constrictor, and I love uh, Ed Brisson's like take on Sabretooth in this issue yeah. of what he's all about, where his priorities lie, where his vengeance lies. It's really, really good. Uh, Choshin gets this gnarly old 600-year-old Iron Fist, like a desiccated hand of a former Iron Fist, uh, to use it to spark some magic business. Uh, Really great stuff there. The Serpent Society has some really interesting notes. They are jobbers. Yeah, total jobbers. They get it. They're like, you know. They understand. Yeah. They're jobbers to the stars. Yeah. And constrictors, they're like, we didn't know why the constrictor wanted to hang out with us, but, yeah. you know, it was, it was cool. We were down with it. Uh, but ultimately, the uh, the battle now will move to Kanlan as Iron Fist and Sabretooth are on the chase. Here we go. Spider-Man number 235, Sinister Six Reborn continues. We've got... Brian Michael Bendis writing, Oscar Bazaldua on art, Brian River on color art. Uh, The Sinister Six is hatching a plan. Uh, The Iron Spider, who we know now to actually be Miles Morales' Uncle Aaron, is leading the Spot, Sandman, Bombshell, Electro, and Hobgoblin on a merry chase as they are... uh, Acquiring a old shield helicarrier. Ye old helicarrier. Which can't be good for anyone. I love, love, love that Red Hulk <laughs> is just hanging out on the helicarrier, passed out because he ate too much food in his smiley face boxers. And Spot goes, whoa, man, there's a Hulk in there. And they uh, basically argue over whether or not they should try to acquire this um, helicarrier. Basically, there's a Hulk on there. We swap over to Brooklyn Bridge where... Can't Spot just like throw a, a, like a portal under? One would think. That's, I just, you know, <laughs> good, toss him out. Good writing, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Rhino is... Is this Rhino or is this Armadillo? Because they never really make it clear. I think uh, it's the Armadillo. Armadillo. All right, so Armadillo is rampaging on the Brooklyn Bridge. Miles Morales fights him. He uses his Venom Blast. It doesn't work. He punches him in the face. It doesn't work. You can tell it's, it's Armadillo because of his claws. Yeah. Like an Armadillo. There you go. And little digging claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Miles, who by the way is not in costume, learns a new power. And it's a very uh, fortunate power. Is because it the power of love? It's not the power of love. Oh. Um, the power of love is... I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know the next word. <laughs> they go back to school. Miles is debriefing with Gonky and basically says, like, yeah, you know, I kind of like not being Spider-Man, like just being Miles. He's, he's definitely having some identity issues. Bombshell comes in. She's like, I need to talk to you. Uh, Miles' current girl crush, Barbara, is 
perturbed by the fact that he walks off with Bombshell. And he's like, don't worry about it. That's like his sister. Teenagers, man. Yeah, this oh. is so much teenage angst. Uh, Bombshell says her mom's out of jail. She needs help from Spider-Man. And her mom is hanging out with Miles' uncle. And they are going to come face-to-face sooner than later. And it's not going to be fun. Hmm. It will be fun for us, the readers. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got Spirits of Vengeance number three. Written by Victor Gishler. Art by David Baldion. Colors by Andres Mosa. And... Uh, just, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Say it again. David Baldion draws some gnarly monsters. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah, yeah, cool Just stuff. the faces of the creatures and the, the weird demonic people. It's so good. It's It also has a cool, like, cartoon feel to it in some mm-hmm. ways. Like a, like a, you know, if you looked at the cells of a cartoon, they would look like this. Like a really n- neat uh, Don Bluth animation. Yeah. But like twisted and messed up. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, there's a war between heaven and hell. And there are, we get some uh, mythology behind these 30 pieces of silver mm. uh, and, and the religious implications and how they're, you know, e- these pieces of silver are evil. And that that's the last piece that is being, that is needed to take this war to the next level. Uh, the spirits of vengeance are caught in the middle because they're trying to prevent all this. And uh, we get to see just cool fights and creature designs. We get to see um, a really, they're, we get to see that uh, Satana and Blade have to go to Port Brimstone under, I, I guess, within a part of Monster the Metropolis. Monster Metropolis. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this cool like area where all the monsters hang out, and then there's a bar. Uh, that they have to go to called the Goat's Head where just these, again, more monsters hang out and vampires and stuff uh, and they're trying to solve the the problem of where this last piece of silver is but they may be too late. The Unbelievable Gwenpool number 23 written by Christopher Hastings art by Irene Strachowski colors by Rochelle Rosenberg uh, it's the showdown between Gwen and Doom. She Classic Doctor Doom. Classic Doctor Doom bad guy Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. None of this good guy, nice guy Victor uh, she knocks him off the page uh, with her fourth wall breaking abilities. Then she jumps back in universe and Doom returns. He says, I am not bound by these dimensions either. I can battle you on the page, off the page, wherever. Uh, they eventually, ha- they kind of commune uh, over uh, over this uh, nature of be- good versus evil, about the gray area in between, about... Right. Well, because good guy Doom comes back, and then they have a really interesting discussion between yeah. him and Gwen about Gwen, basically about her fate and why she's trying to not be a villain, why she's trying to uh, take out Dr. Doom, why she had to make herself more important. And Doom's kind of a nice sounding board mm-hmm. yeah. uh, just for her to talk about the whole... Everything behind this series, basically. Yeah, and, and I mean, at this point, nobody knows uh, better the the differences between uh, being a bad guy and being a good guy uh, than Victor Von Doom. And at the end, Gwen says, that may, this may not be what you said, but maybe no matter what, I have to become a villain. Yeah. Mm. I guess we'll find out. Big one, uh, as we round the final corner here, Venom Inc. Alpha. Now, one. Ben, I'll tell you, I thought this should have come at the beginning because... Much like some of our other uh, little crossover stories, I believe the title of this is Amazing Spider-Man and Venom colon Venom Inc. number one. Yes, I uh, I decided to ignore that. Great. And just go <laughs> with Venom Inc. Alpha number one. Uh, this is not a journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Star Wars, <laughs> The, the Force is Awakened special. I think you made the right I think decision. I made the right call. Uh, the writers on this are Dan Slott and Mike Costa. Ryan Stegman is on art. Brian River doing some colors. Uh, we've got Mania, 
patrolling in Philadelphia in touch with Flash Thompson. She gets ambushed. Uh, her symbiote gets taken away. And we cut to New York City, the Guggenheim Museum, where the ringer and the tumbler. I, I like, I wrote in here, tumbler and yeah. ringer? Great team. <laughs> who are these guys? These, the ringer is a villain who you may best remember. Remember from Deadly Foes of Spider-Man? I do. Uh, the woman who is running the team. No. The woman who runs the team uh, is Ringer's ex-wife because Ringer was dead at some point. Sure. That's how I remember. I just remember her being Ringer's ex-wife and that was like the biggest thing the Ringer ever did. Spider-Man beats up the Ringer and the Tumblr. And and the Tumblr just sort of... Tumblr's just a guy. Blogs. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, really like just basic blogging. Yeah. Tells basic you... Blogging. <laughs> couples he ships that you yeah. don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, Black Cat shows up. They have a thing going. Peter has uh, drinks or coffee with Flash Thompson. Flash tells him what's going on. He wants to find the Venom symbiote so he can fix things up. Eddie Brock has the Venom symbiote. He gets in a nasty fight with the looter. They're just like A-list villains across the board (laughs) in this one. Um, I like when Flash tries to get into Alchemax and he just says, I'm here to see Liz Allen. She knows me from high school. Not a big deal. Security escorts him out. He steals a pass. He goes in. He meets up with Eddie Brock. And then we've got Peter Parker also busting into Alchemax and them going, um, she says, ask your boss, Liz Allen. She's a friend of mine in security. And he goes, let me guess, from high school, right? And Spider-Man goes, uh, that's weird. But actually, never mind. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Crushes through. We've got Spider-Man. We've got the Venom symbiote split between Brock and Thompson. Not sure where it wants to go. Uh, the professor who's been trying to work on a cure for everything that ails Venom uh, uses this this. Uh, Basically, Spider-Man's just like, Spider-Man has a conflict with Flash and that Flash wants to save the symbiote. And Spider-Man's like, no, the symbiote is no good. We got to get rid of the symbiote. Um, so Spidey does something that could potentially get rid of the symbiote. Instead, creates an awesome new character. And then while this is all going on, uh, a ne'er-do-well of a different stripe, uh, another, Ven- another Venom symbiote, former uh, wearer, is up to no good and is recruiting the looter into his gang of no goodniks. Yes. Uh, Stegman, just so good. Uh, But he really amped up the McFarlane in this issue. Intentionally, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. He's drawing a friggin' Venom story. Yeah, like there's some of the the Eddie Brock faces that he draws in Mm -hmm. there and a couple of the times when Spider-Man's swinging and it's just so cool and like classic McFarlane style. Loved it so much. All right, last book of the week is X-Men Gold number 17 written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Ken Lashley and Juan Fernandez. Uh, And this one, we've got new costumes for the X-Men. They're, you know, like safety costumes. Like they do some stuff. Uh, The best thing is like, Logan is like, told myself I'd never wear another friggin' costume. Uh, And then uh, whoever this is. Armor. It's armor? Yep. Armor says, it's a forged design tactical field outfit for the negative zone. He says, costume. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I love Guggenheim's dialogue throughout this. You've got uh, the X-Men have to go to the negative zone to try to find Kitty and Nightcrawler who have been captured by Kolagoth, mm-hmm. uh, who is you know from the negative zone, we found out. Uh, we get to see that the Kitty and Nightcrawler are being held captive. Nightcrawler in a particularly... Sticky wicket yeah. as he uh, is imprisoned and he has no windows or doors. So if he tries to teleport out, he could teleport into solid stone. Yes. Uh, and the X-Men crash land into the middle of a war zone. Yep. There's a giant battle going on on this planet in the negative zone. They are right in the middle of it. They start to say, all right, great. Well, we'll help you guys out. And then someone's like, wait, but we don't know 
anything about this conflict. Yep. We don't know who we're you know who, who we'd be fighting with. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's good. They have to figure that out. Uh, Kologoth is uh, he's not the worst. No, like, not the worst. I, I like that he's got this demonic look, but he's not like. You know, a mustache twiddling villain. Yeah. He's just it's the second time we've said that this week. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, because I said for Loki back during Doctor Strange, I was like, it's a good thing he's not a mustache twirling villain. You know what? We'd love to twirl our mustaches. Love to twirl those mustaches. Right if I had one, I'd twirl it. Yep. Uh, but we get to see a really uh, precarious position that Nightcrawler yeah. gets put in by the end of the issue. So crazy stuff. Lots of good stuff out this week. Lots of good stuff in trade as well as we've got in collections Black Bolt Volume 1, Hard Time. Cable Volume 1, Conquest, Captain America by Mark Wade, Ron Garney, and Andy Kubert. That's a hardcover, and that is good stuff. Doctor Strange Volume 1 in hardcover, Marvel Universe Avengers, Ultron Revolution Volume 3, Punisher Epic Collection, Capital Punishment, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The New Republic Volume 3, Star Wars Volume 6, Out Among the Stars, and X-Men Classic in hardcover. Some really nice hardcovers out this week. Yeah. On sale on the Marvel app this week, we have Kazar. Kazar? Kazar. Kazar. Number negative one. Oh. Is that the Thanos? No, the Thanos stuff was in the regular issue. No, it's in the regular book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, negative one, as well as issues one through seven. Which from the may night. be where the Thanos stuff is. Yeah. Ka- you want to see Kazar versus Thanos? Yep. You got it. Just like everyone has always dreamed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've got Peter Parker, Spider-Man, issues 20 through 22, 26 through 28, 30 through 34, 36, 38, and 42 through 43 from the uh, 90s, 2000 series. Mm-hmm. The Century, issues 1 through 5 oh, from nice. 2000. Perfect timing. For what? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Punisher, issues 63 and 65 through 75 from the original run. Digital collections on sale this week include Atlas Era Tales of Suspense Masterworks Volume 1, Avengers 1959, Golden Age Marvel Comics Masterworks Volume 1, Hulk Boiling Point, and Kazar by Mark Wade and Andy Kubert Volume 1. Freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited. What is this? What is, it? What are what you is happening? What are you doing? This is just a new thing I'm no, doing. No, we're good. You're, you and your bits, man. Cut it out with your bits. But it, but it's it's reading and it's I think it's fun that, to that read. hat is squeezing your head too tight. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Cable number one, Captain America, Sam Wilson number twenty-two, Deadpool number thirty-one, Deadpool versus the Punisher number four, Doctor Strange number twenty-one, Gamora number five, Generation X number two, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mother Entropy number five, Hulk number six, Man Thing number four, Moon Knight number fourteen. Occupy Avengers number seven, Old Man Logan number 24, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, 90, 92, 93, 111, 133 through 136, 162 and 163, 205 through 207, 254, 255, 257, 258, 262, 263. We That's love reading numbers, lot. guys. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of spectacular Spider-Man there. Secret Empire number three, Secret Empire Uprising number one, Spider-Gwen number 20, Spider-Man Redemption number one through four, mm. Star Wars Dr. Aphra number seven, Thanos number seven, The Spectacular Scarlet Spider number one and two and mm-hmm. Unbelievable Gunpool number 16. Very cool. Yeah. All right, let's go talk to Greg Pock. Hi, Greg. Bye. And now from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. All right, Ben here, and I am talking with none other than Greg Pock, writer of Incredible Hulk, writer of Weapon X, writer of My Dreams, just a overall great dude. How you doing, Greg? <laughs> doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Well, pleasure as always. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. We love we love having you on, and uh, we got some big stuff to talk about because we've got World War Hulk two on the horizon. Bigger, better, better, right? 
Well, it's, uh, I mean, it is a big, um, it's a huge climax for a lot of the stuff that Amadeus has been going through as well. For those who don't know, Amadeus Cho has been the Hulk for the last couple of years. Um, he uh, is basically the world's biggest fan of the Hulk. He also happens to be a super genius. So at a certain point, um, when Bruce was in Christ and Amadeus decided, hey, uh, Bruce Banner doesn't need to be the Hulk anymore. I should be the Hulk. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my buddy Bruce and pay solid, and here I'm gonna be the Hulk. And I'm gonna take on the power of the Hulk myself. I'm a cocky 19 year old kid who thinks he knows everything, and uh, and I'm gonna be. Uh, think this is gonna be a curse. This is gonna be an amazing gift that I'm gonna give to the world. Is the totally awesome Hulk. So the totally awesome Hulk book. Um, ran for uh, twenty three issues, yeah. and um, and then uh, and then we renumbered it. It became the Incredible Hulk once again, and uh, and we've been going uh, ever since. And uh, so yeah, it's been six years. It's been like uh, two and a half, almost three years. Yeah, um, great. Uh, but at uh, the very beginning, we see this might be a little bit over his head. You know, he uh, is. Uh, all his smarts, he's the kind of person who, uh, who jumped into things before he really thinks them through. Um, and in this case, uh, being the Hulk, um, having all of that power, uh, maybe a bigger uh, uh, danger if you're as uh, generally um, <laughs> personality wise as other days. So, um, in this. Uh, in the, in the previous story, actually, in the story that's on, that's on stand right now, Return of Planet Hulk, Amadeus has uh, gone off to uh, Sakaar, the place where uh, Bruce was in the original Planet Hulk storyline. And Amadeus is going to have to tap into the monster in order to uh, survive there, in order to help the people in the house, because Sakaar is a place where, um, you know, it's an incredibly brutal, dangerous planet, and uh, you can't... Um, you can't survive unless you uh, you really uh, let it all out. So, um, without getting too spoilery, uh, Amadeus is going to have a life changing experience on the car. He's going to come back to Earth, uh, a somewhat different person, um, and uh, and and that's going to precipitate some massive conflicts right here on planet Earth. Um, and that's the uh, that story that begins with issue number seven fourteen. Very cool. And who will uh, we see Amadeus coming into conflict with as he arrives back on Earth following his time on Sakaar? Well, a lot of the folks that we, you know, throughout the, uh, you know, throughout our two and a half years of uh, story, Amadeus has, you know, at various times come up against different heroes who were kind of like, dude, you need to calm down yep. or dude, this is uh, not they exactly the best way to go about things. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, so uh, a lot of those folks are going to return um, uh, at, at this point. And, you know, the, the kind of the, the disturbing thing about the story um, uh, and, and sort of the emotional core of the story is that most of these people are genuine friends. I mean, this is distinct from the original World War Hulk story where the where Bruce Banner was wronged horribly. I mean, in his from his point of view, uh, he was shot off into space by, you know, some of his so-called friends, uh, sort of self-proclaimed heroes of the Marvel Universe who decided the Hulk was too dangerous for Earth. For Earth. So they shot him off into space. Um, you know, from their point of view, they, they thought they were entirely justified and they didn't intend to send him to the, uh, you know, dangerous planet Sakaar. Um, but from the Hulk's point of view, they, uh, 
you know, they, they, it was a betrayal and, uh, and, um, and it led to terrible tragedy. Um, so he came back ready to really destroy. Um, Amadeus is, uh, a different dude and his challenges as the Hulk are different. Um, so the things that precipitate these conflicts are different. And in a way, I'm just going to say it. I think Amadeus may be more culpable in all of this. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, cause we think of Amadeus as, you know, this kind of happy go lucky dude. Um, but he has a, you know, his, his, uh, his sort of tragic flaw, if you want to say, I mean, so, uh, banners, banners, uh, deal. Mm-hmm. always has been anger, right? You know, right. like the Hulk gets, you know, Banner's, Banner's personal unresolved anger is what powers the Hulk. The, the angrier the Hulk gets, the more dangerous the Hulk gets, the stronger the Hulk gets. Um, that's, that's Banner's whole thing. Amadeus's Hulk is not quite powered the same way. I mean, um, anger plays into it, but there's a different uh, precipitator. Um, and at different times, you know, different characters have tried to kind of, you know, talk about what that could be and, and what that is. Uh, and a big part of it with Amadeus is pride. I mean, that's that's one of the theories here that uh, that Amadeus is he's this you know he's this cocky kid he's he's charming, but that uh, that cockiness comes from uh, a, a kind of, from something a little more dark. You know, and um, when you pair that with this massive strength of the Hulk plus Amadeus's giant brain, mm-hmm. um, you get a guy who thinks who thinks he's right all the time, mm-hmm. and who has the strength and the brain power to kind of to, uh, to to prove it. Um, and he hasn't kind of gone the whole distance, but in this storyline, we're gonna we're gonna test that. You know, yeah. what happens if you know? What we, what, I mean, part of it is. If you've got, if you're the strongest guy on the, you know, if you're you're the strongest person on planet and you are the very smartest, what, why on earth would you listen to anybody else? Why on earth would you, um, you know, you know, and, and that's, you know, that, that's kind of, and Amadeus, you know, in his core is also just, you know, he's an everyday middle-class kid from Phoenix, Arizona, you know what I mean? Who's, right. Who, uh, you know, who lost his parents and has, you know, needed his friends in order to take to the world um, and has, you know, has, has you know, he's, he's not a loner like Bruce. He, right. He's a person who's always latched on to other folks. And, you know, um, I mean, you know, the first time we ever met him, he was kind of on the road alone. But even in his very first origin story, he kind of teams up with the Hulk, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, and, and, you know, he's, he's a person who always seems like he's reaching out for friends, but you know, if he actually gets the power of the Hulk, if he gets all of that capability and if, you know, and, and, uh, you know, how, what does he become? Does he, you know, and, and how far will he go? Well, we're going to, and this, uh, it's in this brutal, you know, it's a, it's a pretty brutal story and it's, um, it's a, uh, it's it's a kind of scary story hmm. for Amadeus. Uh, you know, he's he's going into dangerous places here, and yeah. um, it's unclear whether he's actually right. I mean, he might he might absolutely be right. He is the smartest. You know, he's the smartest cookie in the in the jar. I just made that up. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? That sounds pretty good. Jar, Definitely like a writer. I'm gonna, <laughs> not saying uh, not saying it's the best, yeah. but uh, it's serviceable. But um, yeah, so he, you know, and, and and so you know, he definitely has 
uh, has points, you know. And also, he's he's one of these people who's always, you know, he he's from the very beginning, he's always been very suspicious of, of authority of uh, of bullies. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so maybe if he takes charge, maybe that's maybe he'll do it for the right reasons. But then. If he takes charge, then suddenly he's the authority, and maybe he's the bully. You know, like like so. There's there's lots of kind of fun, meaty stuff to dig into here in terms of character and where Amadeus is going, and and uh, and 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 what this whole experience of being the Hulk has been about for him. Um, and then and then also, and you know, the, you originally were asking like who's going to come up again. Um, folks like uh, um, Black Panther and Jimmy Woo, uh, Alpha Flight. Um, the uh the the members of some of the members of the protectors and and the members of the um the champions team that Amadeus is on uh you know uh like if you're a if you're a Miles Morales fan if you, if you love Kamala Khan uh, if you love Maddie Cho you definitely don't want to miss this if you want to see um and also Odin's son Odin's son oh. you know uh has played a big role in the uh return to planet Hulk storyline and he will return in this storyline as well very cool um yeah, so there will be a uh, much, uh, much smashing, smashing and mashing, and much, yeah. uh, and and also uh, you know big emotional payoffs to a whole lot of uh, threads. I wanted to ask you kind of a broader question, Greg. While I have you, you touched on it a little bit. You talked about the origins of Amadeus show, how he started out as a Hulk fan, how he started out as a loner. Kind of the cool thing about this that's unique is you got to create Amadeus show or co-create Amadeus show, and you've really helped shuttle him through some very distinct and different phases of his existence as a character. But this is a character you've really been chronicling the adventures of for, for years, many years. And uh, I just wanted to kind of, before we, before we wrap here, touch about what that's like to create something, to bring it to the Marvel Universe, and then be able to kind of see it through all these different changes. What that, what's that like? It's you know it's amazing. It's the best. Uh, it's the best experience. It's one of the very best experiences you can have in work for higher comics. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the kind of love that I've been. Um, you know, create your own comics. Characters, and I mean that's exactly what you do with every single creator-owned thing you do. And work for higher comics. You don't. That's not always an opportunity. Not necessarily because there's um, you know the editors don't want. To do it or whatever, but just because it is, it's really hard to create a new character and have that character take off and looks, you know what I mean? And so I'm insanely, incredibly grateful to all of the readers and writers and, uh, and retailers who have supported the books with this character in it from the beginning. I mean, um, without you guys buying these books and talking about Amadeus and sharing this stuff on social media and, and just, you know, and, 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 and pushing this, this guy, to, <laughs> we wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so that's, you know, that's enormous. I, I feel, um, yeah, <laughs> I feel blessed. You know, I mean, it's, it is that it's It's true. It's uh, it's an incredibly rare thing to be able to do something like this in uh, in in one of these shared universes. And and I just feel also, you know, I, I'm also really grateful to the um, my co-writer Fred Benanti on yep. the uh, Incredible Hercules storyline. You know, like for four and a half years, Fred and I co-wrote the Adventures of uh, of Amadeus when he was teamed up with Hercules. Yep. Uh, 
which was a little book that just kept on going. You know what I mean? Like I could. I, 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 yeah, literally when that book started, uh, you know, the others finished four issues. You know? And then, and then, you know, after a little while, they were like, oh, you got four more issues. <laughs> and it just kept going. You know what I mean? But yep. nobody expected that to keep going. But folks, you know, folks went nuts for it. And again, we're just really grateful. But um, yeah, and, and then my editors, Mark Panicia, folks like Mark Panicia and... Um, and Nate Cosby were there from the beginning and, and, uh, and Jordan White and, um, and uh, you know, so many other people. And Axel, Axel Alonzo was the one who, uh, you know, was one of the people who really championed Amadeus. Uh, yep. uh, they were line when Amadeus became Hulk. Yep. Um, uh, you know, Mark, Mark Fidesi, of course, has always been on board with that, you know. Chris Robinson was uh, just editor of most books. I mean, it's it's you know it's it's been a there have been many many people who cared a lot about the character and really you know paved the way so that you know and made it possible for me to do all this. And also there there are writers you know like um, Dan Flott and Mark Wade and and other folks who have who have used the character in their books and that's huge too. You know what I mean? When a um, and, and then also folks who you know really use that character like uh, Jeff Loeb. I think is probably uh, one of the folks, you know, I, I owe thanks to because Amadeus popped up in uh, various uh, of the Marvel TV shows, the animated TV shows. Um, you know, and all of that is just, you know, I mean, that, that's amazing. It's so crazy. I'm you grateful. created him. Yeah, look, yeah, at yeah. look at how big yeah. he's got. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and then also let's, you know, let's uh, talk to Miyazawa, who was the yes. original artist on that original story we did. Christina Strain did the, did the colors. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the kind of a dream team from the very beginning. And, you know, when I did that first character, I was like, yes. Because he's like, you know, he, he captured this guy immediately, made you care about him. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's carried with the character forever. So, uh, no, I mean, this, this dude has many, many mommies and daddies and uh, mm-hmm. grateful to all of them. Well, it's been quite a run, and it continues starting in February 2018 with World War Hulk 2. What issue did you say it starts out in? That starts in issue number 14, because Return to Planet Hulk runs from 709 to 13. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. It's huge, no, big, fun action, and uh, there's going to be a huge climax. That will lead into uh, the next story last seven uh, seven fourteen, um, and uh, uh, and it runs through seven seventeen. So, nice. uh, so don't you dare miss it! Don't you dare miss it! Thank you very much for talking to us, Greg. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Marvelites, this is Assistant Editor Christine Din, joined by Editor Eric Goldman. And we have two lovely games people we haven't seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Wow. <laughs> this is Tim Hernandez. This is, this is Danny. So Danny. the last time we talked is probably before Tokyo Game Show. Probably. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, has yeah, been like a while. Well, hi again. <laughs> Welcome back. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we're heading into. Lots of games things happening. Mm-hmm. Well, this weekend is the three anniversary of Contest of Champions. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah, three years, yeah. Officially on Sunday, but we did an update to the build earlier in the week mm-hmm. with lots of cool stuff. So um, 
fans that have been playing for three years, you're going to get a lot of cool stuff. And, and players that log in over the weekend will get uh, some bonus stuff, some boosts to gold, XP, battleships. Um, we launched a lot of new events. So there's a, a MODOK quest called Hotel MODOK. <laughs> Any MODOK is good MODOK. Yeah. We, double, we double down on MODOK. Yes. This month's uh, event. So there's uh, Hotel MODOK, which is a... Is a 30-day quest, and yeah. then we also have Modoc's Lab, which is a, a really nice. fun opportunity where he's yeah. gene-splicing a lot of the champions, <laughs> weird combinations like uh, Unstoppable Ant and Gwenpyrian. Oh! Yeah, pink and white. It's got pink and white. So lots of cool stuff. Uh, really proud for um, to hit that milestone for the game. Yeah. It's been doing um, tremendous. We want a big thank you to all the fans and players that have, that have continued with it and still uh, lots more of fun stuff coming for that game for hopefully many years, yeah. but especially over the next couple of weeks. Um, we just want to say thank you to, to everybody and uh, we're going to continue to give you some fun stuff. I know, and I felt like we just talked about the second anniversary. Now here we are at the third. I know, yeah. Any, <laughs> any cool fun stats for, for the third year? Yeah, yeah, there's actually a, some, some really cool stuff. I, I mean, I'll just ramble off. I have a, a list in front of me. <laughs> so uh, 13 billion crystals have been opened. In the yes! Wow. wow. Um, 122 million summoners, so that's... Uh, a massive amount of, yeah. of fans and players we have in the game. 39 billion fights, 770,000 alliances formed. Um, and of course, we've launched 112 champions today. And uh, Taskmaster's actually our newest champion. Yes. Just launched uh, this Thursday. So he's really cool. Obviously, knowing his his abilities and his, his powers to yeah. mimic. Formidable skill set. Exactly. Yeah. So, and he looks awesome. Uh, he looks great. He looks great. Is it just kind of amazing for you to think, yeah, three years that like, you know, that there's still that engagement and that, you know, you guys can keep adding in all these different elements and that keeping it fresh, both for you and for everyone playing? Yeah, it's 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 still surprising. We, we started looking a couple of months back at, OK, what are we going to do in, in 2018? Mm -hmm. wow. You know, who, who possibly can we top yeah. from the, the roster that we had in 2017? And yeah. As we started digging into it, it's like we, we had to exclude well, characters are like, oh, we want to do him, we want to do her, <laughs> we want to do something new and original. And, and uh, just the plan we have, still uh, really exciting. So I think there, there's no stop in sight for the game. We can just keep going and, and hopefully just raising the bar for everybody. Mm -hmm. because the, the fans have been fantastic. Um, we have some very engaged communities. Uh, so we want to just keep giving them good stuff. Mm -hmm. So speaking of giving them good stuff, and original <laughs> stuff and you know we recently announced something cool that came out outside of the game that's right yeah the Funko Pop the Funko Pops yes. yes yeah so that line is coming in early 2018 but we uh, gave a sneak preview of, uh, of what the, the, the lineup is so we have um, Guillotine we have Civil Warrior mm -hmm. we have King Groot yep. we have yes. Howard Howard is the one that's, that's my like must have <laughs> is that Howard, yeah. And uh, Punisher 2099, so uh, as you can probably guess, a lot of those characters are designs mm -hmm. or versions that are unique to Contest of Champions. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we've also done a lot of in the game is come up with original designs that you can only play in, in, in the game or that are introduced in the game and work their way back into the comics and to our toys. So it's really exciting to um, work and come up with original uh 
designs with Kabam and with and Marvel and with our partners and uh, work them work them back into other mm-hmm. things that our fans can uh, can collect and, and enjoy. Are you uh, eagerly awaiting getting to put those on your desk? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. I gotta go make sure I get all the exclusive. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And, uh, multiple sets because my, my daughters want the various too. The yeah. 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 Got the collectible. I put up the article about those, and I was like, oh, these look so cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of cool ones. Yeah, when we started seeing it, when, when uh, Funko started sharing the concept, we just geeked out. Just so awesome yeah. <laughs> to see these characters we were working on um, make it into into physical form. And, and then same with Kabam. They, they look at them, and they're just ecstatic. 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 You know, like we started the, the Funko project with Marvel vs. Capcom. Infinite. Yes. Um, and now yeah. we have Contest of Champions. So we're slowly rolling out like this Game of Us initiative, you know, that, you know, we create original content on our games and we'll take the original content and put it elsewhere in the consumer product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a great collaboration thus far and look forward to more. Yeah. yeah we'll, we will have more stuff to announce. Awesome. What else do we have uh, coming out in pipelines? Well, Tomorrow, speaking of Marvel vs. Capcom, we have Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite Battle mm-hmm. for the Stones uh, competition, right? So this tournament is the top 16. We already have top 16 uh, qualified yeah. for this uh, tournament. And the top 16 that happened in Anaheim Hilton mm-hmm. you know, from 11 to 9 in the Pacific Ballroom. Yeah. So it's free. Just come check it out, you know. Uh, Either you support someone or Buddha or Chile. <laughs> There's one guy. Hey, I'm going to go in. the fun competition. And then we will have the grand finals actually inside PlayStation Experience uh, on Sunday. Yes. And the grand final is going to you know, have a very, very nice trophy, which we will review soon. It is um, glorious. It's amazing. <laughs> it is a very amazing trophy, and we wish that we can, you know, steal it from the winner. But, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm just gonna knock them over in yeah. the parking lot. <laughs> hey, why didn't you enter? You could have won one for the other. I <laughs> don't think that would be really fair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Have, uh, side note: Marvel and Capcom employees are not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I read the fine print. <laughs> What if I just show up in a costume and just knock over the winner? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the pool prize money is pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to give the exact, I will wait for uh, Capcom to announce the exact prize money. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I would yeah. just tune in to the Marvel Games Twitter handle. Yes, uh, it will be shown live, broadcast live on twitch.tv mm-hmm. slash battle for the stones. If you can't make it, you can watch it live streaming. Um, you know, places experience happen on both Saturday and Sunday. You yep. don't need a ticket to get into uh, the PlayStation experience. Um, you know, there will be a bunch of exhibitors there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, highly encourage you to check it out. The, the people, obviously, who, you know, get that competitive with the game, you know, they, they, they know the game in and out. You guys know the game very in and out. Are you sometimes very impressed, though, seeing some of the things that they're doing, some of the moves they're pulling off, given how immersed you were in the and making the whole thing happen yes uh you know when we work on this game we'll actually work on this game and not really play yeah this yeah. four player they're actually playing this game and you know within hours they can literally like 
destroy all of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's how good they are. Right. And also right. just seeing yeah, like who like they um, choose their pairs. Yeah, the pairings are pretty interesting too. Yeah. Uh, we do have a new DLC that just showed up uh, on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and Venom. Mm -hmm. But we do feel like since we introduced this competition like in the beginning, so it's fair that we don't introduce the new patch out. So in this tournament, so let's be fair for everyone who's involved from the beginning, like playing on the same version. Right. Yeah. But we do have the demo, um, you know, for the complete game with the, all the DLC characters unlocked for you to try out at PlayStation Experience at the Capcom booth. Mm -hmm. And we will also show the trophy at the Capcom booth. So if you want to take a picture, I yeah. encourage yes. you to go check I'm sure it it's out. heavily guarded. <laughs> uh, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> Only one can win it, but others can take photos of it. Yes. <laughs> but we will be taking uh, pictures for our coverage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, for any fans, it's PlayStation Experiences in Anaheim this Saturday, Sunday, and you guys will be roaming around, hanging out with our partners, and... We'll be roaming around. Say hi, bring yeah. any stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing the trend. Actually, yes. Do well, not, what's, do what's not, this trend? Do not bring me food again. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, I do have a mysterious cookie show up. Uh, and I do not know what happened to it. So I, I definitely did not eat it. But, yeah, please do not bring me food. And yeah, find me. We have a chat, you know. If, yeah. Uh, any bubble games you want to talk about, we'll be mm -hmm. there. Uh, for fans who want to tweet at you, what are your handles? At Hamid, H-O-M-I-T. And, and I'm at Zingo Dude, Z-I-N-G-O Dude. Yeah, um, Z shout out to that person with ramen try it. <laughs> stole it. <laughs> stole it from me, but... Awesome. I know that feeling, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Hi, guys. We're back. And uh, this week is... A little bit quieter than last. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're going a little into the holidays, although we've we still got new episodes there and have plenty of TV for yeah, you. Yeah, we got, you know, a new episode of The Gifted, mm -hmm. of Marvel's Runaways. We have a new one of Marvel's Shield tonight. Um, but we announced uh, a really cool casting bit. Yep, yep. Um, we got Alice Eve. Uh, she'll be joining Marvel's Iron Fist in season two. Yes, she'll be uh, joining um, good old Danny Rand, Colin Wing, Ward Meacham, Joy Meacham, and Davos. Yep, yep. Uh, a role to yet be revealed, uh, but I like Alice Eve a lot, actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited to have her sort of in the Marvel realm with this show. Yeah, and um, yeah, and if you guys need to catch up, season one is now streaming on Netflix. That's right. And then um, the really big, big news, um, we just announced Marvel Rising, yep. which is a really cool project. Um, you know, it's going to span, I believe, a like an animated feature film, mm -hmm. six four-minute shorts, um, and we have... Really cool casting. So we have, 
let's see. Let me run through the list for y'all. <laughs> uh, Gwen Stacy will be voiced by Dove Cameron. Mm-hmm. You know my love about Dove Cameron. And then none other than Daisy Johnson. Um, Quake is going to be voiced by Chloe Bennett. A role that she might have been preparing for <laughs> beforehand. Yes. Uh, Teen Wolf's Tyler Posey is going to be Inferno. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Boo Boo Stewart, also from Descendants. He's going to be Exile. <laughs> uh, Christine might have a small Descendants fandom. Yes. I think I watched that Descendants 2 like, once a week. <laughs> Um, Catherine Kavari is going to be Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. our very own Kamala Khan. Yep, yep. And then we also have Milana, oh, I'm going to say that last name wrong, Van Treb as Doreen Green, a.k.a. Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. Sierra Ramirez is America Chavez. Um, Camille McFadden will be the Patriot. Sky Jackson is going to be Glory. Kim Raver is going to be Captain Marvel, and uh, our villain, Ming-Na Wen, is going to be voicing Hala. Yep, yep. So that's really fun with Ming-Na Wen, because obviously she's been part of the Marvel world for a while on uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but now yeah. she has to, to switch sides a <laughs> yeah. little bit here, yeah. different character, uh, a different attitude. Yeah, and then we can't also forget uh, Stephen Weber will be Captain George Stacy. Mm-hmm. And Dee Bradley Baker from Gravity Falls and Star Wars Rebels will be Lockjaw and Tippito. Uh, that guy is amazing. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've seen him like in a recording booth, uh, you know, do his thing. And yeah, he can just, he can become any, not just great voices. He was every clone trooper on the Clone Wars yeah. and I like, gave him all the same characters. But then, yeah, watching him like play a creature is phenomenal. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, so if you guys head to marvel.com, we have a really awesome feature with Sana Amina and, you know, Court Lane and just some of our upcoming cast members talking about what this project means to them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really cool kind of big initiative, and I think people are going to really enjoy it. Yeah, so 2018. Yep. And, yeah. uh, they have a very catchy theme. So. Yes, they do. We've been singing it quite a bit in the office. Yeah. And then lastly, what do you got? Eric? Uh, we got some stuff in the world of toys. Um, Mini Mates is going to be putting out another series of Marvel animated uh, Mini Mates coming out this spring. Around, uh, on or around April 1st, these will be uh, in Walgreens stores, Series 8. And they're all, you know, taken from uh, Marvel Spider-Man and mm-hmm. then uh, Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars. And there's a couple of uh, different two-packs here. We've got a stealth suit Spider-Man uh, with a screwball. We've got uh, Spider-Gwen herself, Gwen Stacy, with the Jackal. Uh, really, I really like that set. There's another one of Black Panther and Madame Mask. I believe that's the first Madame Mask mini made ever. But the one I'm saving for last is my main man, Modok. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a set of Wasp and Modok. And uh, yeah, it's funny when I uh, tweeted this out, uh, Ryan was like instantly replied about what? Modok? You know? <laughs> there was new Modok product because <laughs> he shares the Modok love. So yeah. Uh, 
Uh, he looks so great as a mini mate, but Modok looks great in all forms. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's uh, series eight that'll be uh, out uh, on or around April first, uh, and then you can also currently pick up series seven, which is based also on Marvel Spider Man and Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution, and there's also some really cool mini mates out for Thor Ragnarok uh, currently available. You can get a little mini mate of Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, <laughs> which you should. Yeah, and yeah, so I guess now we'll get back to the West Coast. The West Coast. I mean, <laughs> it's, I know it's getting late. It is definitely getting late. Uh, we, you guys never left the West Coast. Right. We're going to shoot it back to the East Coast. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> All right, time for questions and comments. Reminder, you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Always get those emails from Jason Kim. Yep. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jay. Um, and we've got, uh, you can tweet us using the hashtag this week in Marvel. First up, Alan Wilkinson, Cassius335 says, uh, in response to Funko's announcement about Marvel Contest of Champions uh, inspired. Pop, Pop figures. figures, yep. Uh, the uh, Gamerverse. Yes. What's next? Avengers Academy Rock Candy? We should only hope. I, I, I love Rock Candy. Yeah. Who doesn't love Rock Candy? Tucker? Uh, absolutely. No, words. Man. <laughs> uh, Alex Moorhead says, uh, I mean, the Infinity War trailer and all, but the movie would be shorter than the trailer if John Bernthal <laughs> showed up. It would be... Very short because Thanos would crush him. Yeah, he, I, he would annihilate him. I mean, what's he gonna do? Punisher is great, no, but I don't think yeah. he has the hardware to handle yeah, Thanos. Because I, I think what Alex Moorhead is implying here is like, oh, if Punisher were there, he would have just taken out the bad guys like a badass, <laughs> and that would have been the end of the movie. No, sir, I do not think that's what would have happened. I think he would have come in and potentially gotten crushed. Also, yes, uh, writers and uh, what are you pushing on the table for? What was wrong? Oh, she, oh, Maggie nice. was making a, a, a silent move of thumb. Anyway, uh, the writers would probably come up with ways to make that story yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Chadwick says, I'm a little behind, but I'm finally listening to the latest this week. Tomorrow. Chad, Chadwick. About, about time. Come on. Come on. Come on. Keep up. Come on. It's once a week, man. <laughs> it's all we ask of you. Heywood, HWView, uh, there was a posted... GIF of a dancing ape. Yes, it's exactly as it sounds, Maggie Notes. That was yours, right? Uh, no, you, this Yeah, was... you posted the dancing ape. I did? Oh, no, Haywood posted the dancing ape. Okay, so there's a GIF of a dancing ape that Haywood posted. Then he said, hashtag OMG, hashtag Infinity War, hashtag This Week in Marvel. I guess the trailer <laughs> really I guess uh, the trailer really affected got him. Got him dancing. Um, Joshua Cooper, Commander Socket. Me, hope they don't change Runaways too much. Marvel, Molly and Gert are sisters. Me, never mind, this is better. <laughs> I, I think I used that one with the Runaway Show runners, yeah? and they were happy with that. That's very cool. I, that one of my favorite things about Runaways, the TV show, is just that it's got the it's got the spirit of the ser- of the comics, but it really is totally its own thing. Yes, mm. it's and not slavish yeah, to it. I love that. Good word. Uh, I love that I, I can watch it with my wife, and she's like, "I remember the series. Did this happen in the series? Did this happen in the series?" I'm like, "No, honey, none mm. of this happened in the series. Yeah. They're just like you know using mm. it. It's it's great. It's really great stuff." Kelsey Knobloch, Pipster Seven Twenty One. Since I've been reading the Jean Grey solo series, I've simultaneously met and grown <laughs> to despise Quentin Quire. I'm talking Crystal Gambit level hate here. Wow, that is strong. <laughs> Young Jean is perfect though, and the series is my fave. The series is so good. It's coming to an end. 
Did you see the ads in this week's books? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The one of the one of the cool legacy ads that we did talked all about Phoenix Resurrection, and then had a little corner ad, and it says, "And then the shocking final issue of Jean Grey." So I think it's going to issue number eleven, and then it's kaput. We had a good eleven. Yeah, good eleven run for a Jean Grey series. That's phenomenal. Yeah, especially for a young Jean Grey series. Yeah, for a character who is only famous for dying. Yeah. All right, uh, Raphae B says, Strife said he would save four lives for Deadpool. There's Preston's husband, there's son, Ellie. What if the fourth is Coulson? Ooh, Raph. Very interesting, Raph. Raph. Did you crack it? Oh, Raph. <laughs> so I corrected a nationwide media in their article about Avengers Infinity War trailer. They wrote about Dr. Hugo Strange instead of Dr. Stephen Strange. All right. What? Thank you, Raph. But, like, <laughs> hey. Well, Doctor Strange. Ha- what happened to journalism? Doctor Stephen Strange has had his own movie. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Hugo Strange has not had his own. Movie. What is that character? That's he's, a DC guy, he's right? He's a Batman villain. Yeah. Is that the guy with the glasses? Yeah. yeah. The little guy with the, the glasses. Li- Come, <laughs> just flip this friggin' table yeah. over. But thank you, Raph. Uh, Raph also said, "Didn't expect that much Bone Zone action in the Punisher." To be honest. Hey man, sometimes you got to go to war, and sometimes you got to go to war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all fair, all fair in love and war. Uh, Ricky Ribeiro uh, at Rick Tages says, meanwhile, over in X-Men Gold, Kitty and Colossus made it to the Bone Zone, can, more Bone Zone action. Yeah. Can I just say thank you to our listeners for Adopted. using the Bone yeah. Zone mm-hmm. freely yeah. Yeah. and happily? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a beautiful uh, thing. Ricky says, I'm not mad at it. I just hope Kitty isn't playing with Peter's heart and is truly interested in him. Wow. Glad. <laughs> That's where that sentence went. The mutant man of steel has waited too long for his shadow cat. Oh, that's right, Ricky. Yeah. Robert at Captain Rogers 44, uh, in re- response to the Infinity War trailer, says, holy blank, this is going to be insane. It has all led to this moment. Hashtag Avengers Assemble. Hashtag get this man a shield. Absolutely. Uh, hashtag Captain America 695 was the perfect book. I cannot give it any more praise if I tried. Uh, you've cr- um, Mark Wade at Chris Omni says you've cr- he says you've created a voice in self for Cap that just feels right, especially after recent events. Well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Marvel 126 was a sweet read. It's usually not a fan of alternate dimension stories, but this is looking interesting. I can't help but wonder what else is different in this world. Mm. I love alternate realities. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> they make me so happy. They're so great. Uh, and he finishes up by saying, at Marvel, I love your stickers for iOS. Please make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and <gasps> Runaway stickers. I need these in my life. How excited, Maggie, just got... <laughs> Uh, we should, somebody should send this to Elliot Ronan. Elliot Ronan. Yeah. Paging Elliot Ronan. E. Ronan on Twitter. R-O-N-E-N. Yep. Uh, cause Elliot helps ma- work stickers. on the stickers. He's, he's the sticker guy. Yeah. yeah that's Robert. what I know him as. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be pleased to know that. Yeah. That's yeah. how I define him. All right. Uh, Simon Williams says, uh, he's replying to a photo of Marvel's female actors together. Uh, fearless defenders and A-Force movies, please throw in Jessica Jones and all the women from Marvel's Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Do this and you will get all the money. All of it. All of it. All here, of the here. money. Give it to us. Yeah. Uh, oh, and he says, don't forget Misty Knight, Claire Temple, and Colleen Wing. Uh, Simon's twim of the week for November 22nd was Moon Girl number 25. He says, reading Luke Cage number 167, why are all the villains who mm. can do mind control so creepy now? The Ringmaster is almost as bad as Purple That's Man. That's a really good point. Mm. At one time they were just like, mm. you know. What? But think about Mastermind. Back in he you know, he was he was G creepy like yeah classic creepso. <laughs> Just Mastermind is not a mind controller though he's a really? illusion caster. But yeah, it's still he played with her mind right. Sure. Like I but think it of it in the same realm. Mind. 
Yeah. In a different way, same sure. same type of thing. Um, but yes, I look, because it, it provides really great fodder and yeah. it's just a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Simon says, I'm really curious to see what happens when Jubilee and Shogo, uh, what happens to them after that scene in Generation X number nine. Yeah, poor Shogo, horrified by seeing his mom covered in blood, yeah. a vampire. Um, reading Black Panther number 167, the thing I've enjoyed most about this book is all the world building. Tanahasi Coates has created so much material for future writers to explore. Universe building, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done so much. Simon continues saying, now that the smooth criminal reference has been made in Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number 13, I ask that it be included in all future issues. Uh, this week on Family Guy... <laughs> They had a gag where they were in the hospital, and the mom asked the patient over to the side. She goes, Annie, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? And then the son asks, what <clears throat> What happened to her? And he goes, oh, she was struck by, she was hit by a smooth criminal. Oh. And it was delightful. Oh, it man. was great. Oh, man. Uh, Simon's Twim of the Week for November 29th was America number nine. Uh, Simon says, to me, after hearing you mention cooking manga on This Week in Marvel, I wanted to know if you're reading Food Wars. I kind of kind of want Marvel to make a cooking comic now. Maybe something like Iron Chef meets Contest of Champions. Ooh. I would love a cooking comic. I am not reading Food Wars. Uh, I've read some like Iron Walk uh, Jan and some other stuff back in the day. Uh, yeah, cooking comics. We did have cool. that one Wolverine comic that Chris, Chris Cosentino wrote. Yep. Yeah, that was a cool food. I went to his restaurant. He fed me like weird oh, foods. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Uh, yeah. You never know. You guys, you guys want to hear a quick walk joke? Is come on, it, it, no, it's come on. No. It's real. It's real nice and quick. No, it, it, it's no. real I feel nice like we and might good. have to cut it. Hard pass no, on it's this. It's real good. You nice. can tell it to us after the show. Okay. After hearing, uh, Simon says, after hearing his idea for a donut commercial, I'm now convinced that Marvel needs to make Tucker Marcus head of marketing. Oh boy, the man is a genius. Did you write this? Tweet there we go. From Simon. Simon, you're my hero. Uh, and then he says to me, I don't know whether to thank uh, Ryan and Ben or curse them for denying us Italian Tucker on episode 318. I'm looking, I'm leaning more towards thanking. There you go. Well, now, now, Simon, you're not my hero anymore. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> Simon says, after watching the Infinity War trailer, I wonder how many people want to go to the Bone Zone with bearded Captain America. So my hand many. is raised. Yeah. For, yeah. Based on the reactions I saw on the Twitter, uh-huh. many people. Yeah. Liking that beard. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I could, you were saying long hair. I could see some wisps of yeah. hair. I don't yeah, know if it, it was just, long. It just flows nicely when he's running, yeah. you know? See, my wife liked it when Thor cut his hair short. Oh, yeah. Yes. She thought that was very preferable. Yeah, Agreed. Preferable. Yeah. yeah. Look. All right. This has been This Week in Marvel Hair. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Next week, what are we doing? Twim URC? Twim final, URC, final holiday special. Yes. So Get them read. Uh, read it. And I will ask genuinely, read it because Ben and I wrote stories in there. Yeah. We will Selfishly. Have, we will have the writers of the stories on to talk about them next week. I yeah. Mean, I'm reading. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't believe that at all. Thank I you, can't Tucker. wait. All right. Thanks for listening. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>